0: Good morning. So much of our service today has been about breath and new life. I invite you to hear yet another story that rings true in these ways. Our Old Testament lesson comes to us from the 37th chapter of Ezekiel. It's a good one. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me, Ezekiel, down in the middle of a valley It was full of bones. And God led me all around them. And there were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. And God said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. And then God said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you. And you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded. And as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them. But there was no breath in them. So then the Lord God said to me, prophesy to the breath, Ezekiel. Prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. I prophesied as God commanded me, and as the breath came into them and they lived and they stood on their feet, there was a vast multitude. And then God said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy to them and say to them, thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our children are dismissed and invited to go with Pastor Renee for their special time. In her recent interview with Krista Tippett for the On Being podcast, America's 24th Poet Laureate, Ada Limon, humorously reflected on the disembodiment of a Zoom screen. As we sit at our desks or lay on our beds or recline in our chairs with our laptops or our iPads in front of us, the Zoom world only gets us from the neck up. And depending on the deafness of the Zoomer, sometimes the world gets only a forehead or uninvited proximity to one's facial pores or maybe even an askew shoulder. And so, for all the wonders and connections that Zoom offers, it remains a disembodied experience. So that as we continue to emerge from our COVID-entrapped Zoom squares, we may feel like the world in real time, in real flesh, doesn't deserve access to our bodies. Excuse me, we might think when being summoned to an in-person meeting. You know that would require real pants with a waistband. (laughs) And you actually want me to trade my slippers for my high heels. I have forgotten how to walk in high heels. This is true. Uh, Perhaps without even realizing it, we have grown accustomed to this disjointed privacy of the computer screen. You get me from here up. That's it. Thank you very much. It's yet another way that we have grown accustomed to forgetting about the importance of our body. Now, it's a crude comparison to link our technological disembodiment to the days of Ezekiel. So travel with me on this rhetorical leap to the Old Testament land of the Babylonian exile. The Israelites were scattered, not by the coronavirus, but by the exile. Taken from their homeland, stripped of their resources, they were at the mercy of the larger Babylonian empire and its corrupt power-hungry rulers. The Israelites were outcasts in a foreign land. They were away from their worship customs, their dietary habits, and all the comforts of home. Not only were they bullied, but many Israelites were also killed during the exile. The exile lasted nearly 40 years, essentially an entire generation of trauma. Children were born in exile and grandparents died there. So, into the heart of this strife, Ezekiel, a great prophet of God, has a vision. Ezekiel is in a graveyard surrounded by dry bones, human bones, bones that had been killed at the hand of the authorities. God's hand guides Ezekiel all around the graveyard while interrogating him Ezekiel, can these bones live? Can these bones live, Ezekiel? From the dry, brittle, barren wasteland, Ezekiel replied, Only you know, God. Only you know. We might hear Ezekiel saying, Only you know of the devastation and the heartache of your precious children. Only you know how we have been forced to sing our precious religious songs in the presence of our haters. Only you know about Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and what he tried to do to Daniel with those lions. And only you know about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into that fiery furnace. Only you know how the evil rulers terrorize and brutalize your people, oh God. You know. During the pandemic summer of 2021, we here at Highland left our computers for a moment, put on our masks, And gathered outside for lament. It was in the aftermath of Breonna Taylor's apartment raid and murder. We placed crosses on the front lawn to say the names of those who had died at the hands of police around the country. The symbol of each cross bearing a name created another kind of graveyard. Graveyard. It was another instance of the empire taunting and killing marginalized people. And after that service, do you remember this? Our city neighbors placed a red carnation by each cross that year. If we listen closely enough in our remembering of that cemetery, we might hear God calling to us, Highland, can these bones live? Can these bones live, Highland? As we look to the crosses on our lawn, we might echo Ezekiel's confession back to God. Only you know God. Only you know about the history of racism in the United States and the denigration of black and brown bodies and the subjugation of migrants and refugees, children separated and caged at our borders. Only you know about the oppression of drag queens and our trans youth. Only you know God. Only you know about scathing DOJ reports that highlight harassment, malfeasance, and brutality. Only you know about the public health crisis of unrestricted gun control that threatens all of us. Only you know about the banning of books before we are restricting these guns. Only you know, God. Oh, God, you know. As the Lord's hand continued to guide Ezekiel around the plot of dry bones, willing him to see the devastation and the agony, God had a message for the prophet. Prophesy, O mortal. Say to the bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. Ezekiel must have thought that God had lost God's mind. How ridiculous. How ridiculous to reconnect dry bones, to re-enmesh the sinews and the ligaments, the cartilage and the nerves that course through the human body. How did Ezekiel hear this call to prophesy? How do we hear it? Can racism and homophobia ever really be gone? Will America ever return to extravagant welcome? No matter the absurdity. Ezekiel prophesied to the bones, and in a miraculous feat, the bones reconnected, the sinews regrew, the ligaments took shape, the bones took on flesh once more, Highland, can these bones live? A modern-day prophet is the Reverend Kelly Brown Douglas, And she will be here in Louisville this week to receive the Grahmeyer Award in Religion. She is the canon theologian at the Washington National Cathedral, and she also serves as dean of the Episcopal Divinity School at Union Seminary in New York City. Not too long ago, in the wake of Philando Castile's murder, she texted her 23-year-old black son, Remember what to do if you are stopped for whatever reason by the police hands on the steering wheel, do nothing and say nothing, stay alive. To which her son texts back, oh yeah, it didn't help Philando, so now what are we supposed to do? In her award-winning book, Resurrection Hope, A Future Where Black Lives Matter, she responds to these ongoing questions that her son texts her. And together they are processing the anti-blackness in our country's narrative. And throughout the book, we do well to hear God saying to Kelly Brown Douglas, prophesy, Kelly. Say to the bones. And so she prophesies. In prophesying, she writes about the black Christ, the evils of stand-your-ground laws, and the ultimate justice of God's love. She prophesies. But there is a catch, both for her and Ezekiel. The bones reconnect, but they do not breathe. It's reminiscent of black people having the breath suffocated out of them in this country. It echoes the famous last words of Eric Garner and George Floyd as the air was choked from them, I can't breathe. God instructs Ezekiel, do not give up keep on prophesying. Prophesy to the breath. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. In the final section of her book, Brown Douglas reflects on the common experience of Americans voting in elections. Her great grandparents, who were born into slavery, never had a chance to vote. Her grandparents voted, but saw no opportunity beyond Jim Crow legislation. Her parents taught her to vote for those black people who never lived long enough to be able to vote. So she wore her dad's World War II Marine ID tags and her mother's sweater when she went to vote for Barack Obama the first time. Then in 2020, when she was able to vote for Kamala Harris, she wore a Black Lives Matter ball cap, and she describes the two experiences as utterly surreal. While now we have seen two blacks in the highest offices of our land, we are in no way living in a culture where the dry bones, the bones that have been and are being slain, are fully breathing again, are we? So, Ezekiel tells the reader what happens next in his vision. I prophesied. I prophesied as God commanded me. And the breath came into them. And they lived. And they stood on their feet, a vast multitude. And so, like God's invitation to Ezekiel, Kelly Brown Douglas calls upon the white church, and especially white ministers to use a moral imagination where ultimately dead bones not only reconnect, but they breathe again. She wants us to recognize that with our privilege comes power, and with our power of being both white and Christian, we can fight white Christian nationalism by joining a movement that she pins as Resurrection Hope. In this time of national racial reckoning, during this time of local Linton embodiment, we do well to seek a redistribution of this power and wealth in ways that lead to new breath. In other words, don't stop prophesying before the breath is breathed, Highland. Keep calling upon the Spirit of God. And the four winds until the reconnected bones breathe. The breath is everything. The breath is new life. The breath is reparations and reconciliation. Call upon the breath. Breathe in racial equity and exhale repair. Breathe in courage. Exhale truth. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, Highland. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So what do we make of the bones without breath? How do we keep prophesying in a world that keeps on legislating death and destruction to marginalized people? How long must we call upon the four winds to breathe upon those who have been slain that they may live? Here's my point. If we take this community liberation thing seriously, which I think we do, If we see ourselves in our church as agents of liberation, as much as we need and long for our own liberation, Jesus came for both, we see that it is the prophesying that gives the people the hope and the will to face their future together. In a society that repeatedly suffocates its citizens, we maintain that our prophesying stamina by the solidarity of calling upon the breath together is what fuels our movement. And so it is in our prophesying that we stand with our siblings who fight for their health and well-being in Frankfurt this week. Those prophesying to legislators on behalf of our trans siblings and drag performers and those deserving gender-affirming health care. And prophesying we keep marching. We march from Injustice Square long after the formal marches have taken on new forms to keep demanding equity and justice. In our prophesying highland, like Ezekiel, we will see in the name of God new breath come into old dry bones. Not just in our elections, but in the minute rhythms of daily life. Highland, indeed, we are called to prophesy. We are a prophesying church and people. And it is through our prophesying that we find the gumption and the energy to keep prophesying until there is a vast multitude of breathing, reconnected bones. In our privileged power and in our faith, God calls us to prophesy to the breath that the bones may live. I started this sermon talking about Ada Limon and Zoom Square's and disembodiment. Here are a few lines from her poem titled Dead Stars. May it beckon us back to our full selves, our embodied, breath-filled, prophesying selves. Look, we are not unspectacular things. We've come this far. Survived this much? What would happen if we decided to survive more, to love harder? What if we stood up with our synapses and our flesh and said no, no to the rising tides? stood for the many mute mouths of the sea, of the land? What would happen if we used our bodies to bargain for the safety of others, for earth? If we declared a clean night, if we stopped being terrified, if we launched our demands into the sky, made ourselves so big, people could point to us with arrows they make in their minds after all this is over. God said to Ezekiel, prophesy, O mortal. And the breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Amen.